Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hi. Oh, I thought I'd try something different. It didn't work for me. Uh, Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 405 is about to start. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football. So good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the show. Uh, Hi. No, I'm not high. Uh, Let's just carry on. Um, Weird mood. I just saw Will's closet. It was kind of creepy i mean really really nice um anyhow uh what's going on like football's almost over like we're talking about like it's almost over where are we going into week 19 we just watched week 19 there's only 21 weeks there's only two more weeks of football and then we got three weeks of playoffs and it's over five weeks of football and then we're going to be going is it june yet well, really, is it November yet? Because, like, we want the playoffs to start. I'm BC Lions. I'm out of the playoffs. So, like, who gives a shit now, right? So, I'm just going, come on, let's go. Can the season end any sooner? No, not for me. Probably not for the Bomber fans either because their team sucks. And it's not getting any better for them. Oh, my God, they got lambasted. No, they didn't really got lambasted. It was only a four-point spread, but Calgary whooped them. They Bombers didn't even look good. I don't know. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. Um, good football game? Yeah, probably. Game of the week? I don't know. Uh, the Toronto-Montreal game was pretty spectacular. Oh, was it really? Okay, so uh, yeah, but the lame game was Hamilton and Ottawa, without question. That was the lame game. But uh, let's talk some football. Where are we going to go? I don't really have any rants right now. I know we're going to talk about Mike O'Shea and the reason why he should get his ass fired uh, on multiple different levels. But uh, just basically, yeah, yeah, he shouldn't, he, shouldn't be, uh, he shouldn't be coaching in the CFL anymore. Kick his ass to the curb. Make him go away. Uh, we know he's probably going to end up in Toronto next year because uh, Winnipeg can't deal with him anymore. That's just a fact. It's over. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Andreas Andreas Bowman announces his retirement, and in his little spiel, he goes off and uh, talks about what he's going to be doing in the future. Well, okay. Anyhow, so we're going to do a whole bunch of things, but we're going to talk about Coach of the Year, because who do we think Coach of the Year should be? I personally think it should be Kahari Jones over in Montreal, because he's done everything. Uh, he's doing very well over there, and he's doing it despite the fact that there's no owners. His his job is actually an intern, and, uh, you know, just uh, the head coach gets fired. Fired? Yeah, I think he got fired. In a training camp, or just before training camp, Kahari has to take over and actually does very well and turns his team around. Uh, that's where my, my vote would go right now. A lot of people are trying to say that it should be somebody else. I don't think so. Should we talk about MOPs? Well, we could talk about MOPs. Uh, who, who is, who's not, who, who could be? I don't know. Let's talk about that. We'll talk about that one later. Definitely. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. But right now, we're going to open up the phone lines and talk to our three panelists, or three of four, because I'm one. Um, where are the phone lines? There they are. Open them up. Boom, boom, boom. 
Welcome to the show, Charles. How you doing, back back from Las Vegas? Uh, yes, y'all I am. Tanned? I'm doing well, except that what's that? Are y'all? Tanned? I always have a tan. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what time of year. I've always got a tan. Okay, so you're kind of like uh, Donald Trump, right? Is it orange? Don't say that. Oh, okay, no, it's sorry. not orange. It's dark. I don't look like a Cheeto. <laughs> okay, okay. Just yes. checking. Just checking. But okay. I want to go back because it was nice. It was sunny and like 28 degrees down there. I get back, it's raining at 9. Yeah, but it's, it's like, nice uh, and sunny up here. Around. It's like mm, I'm not there. minus 1 degree, but it's very sunny. Cold, but, yep. Ah. You know, I was down in Las Vegas for Valentine's Day once, not that long, well, a long time ago, actually. And we cruised out to the, we were staying at the Mandalay Bay, nice hotel. Uh, It was actually quite new when we were there. And they've got like a 23-acre beach area, swimming pool, you know, whole type of thing. It's 23 acres. That's pretty big. It's half the size of my ranch here, right? So we go, the missus and I, uh, we get all dolled up in our, 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 our bathing attire, and we go off to the to the beach because that's where we want to go to the beach because they got a wave pool. They got all sorts of stuff. Got bars out there. And um, we go out there and there's a big sign on the door to get in there. And it says closed for winter. Oh, OK, it's like 75 degrees because we're in America. So it's Fahrenheit. It's 75 degrees. And they say it's closed for winter because it's too cold. I have no response to that. That's kind of what got me. That's kind of what got me because we're in the pool swimming during the day. And like I said, it's 28, 29 degrees. I look up at the lifeguards that are sitting on these big lifeguard chairs, and they're wearing hoodies and sweatpants in 29 degrees. I'm like, are they nuts? One guy had a blanket. I'm like, okay, this is weird. I guess when you're used to 44 degrees. Uh, that's what we were saying. If you're used to 44, yeah. Good point. When you're used to 12, 28 is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, welcome back. We appreciate you coming back to Thank the you. show. And taking yep. this. You, you, you don't lose your position on here because of injury or vacation. I want you to that's know that, okay? Yeah, yep. it is. Speaking of uh, vacations or injuries, Will... Have you had either lately? No. You know, you know how you tell when somebody's Canadian in Vegas when it's seventy-five outside and they're wearing shorts walking down the strip, and yeah. the only other people, the only other people wearing shorts are Canadians. Okay, because nobody else does. Well, you, you would think degrees. that people from like Green Bay and stuff would do the same thing because it's pretty freaking cold over there. It's like Winnipeg weather. Yeah. You do so, you do climatize though. That's the key. Okay, you do climatize. When when my wife and I go, when my wife and I go for ten days, um, by the third day she's wearing a sweater in the casinos because it's cold. Okay, or outside when it drops to like thirty six at nighttime, she gets cold. So you my, do climatize. My cousin, niece, something like that, some relative of mine. Uh, has spent the last 10, 15 years down in the Caribbean, uh, yeah. curing boats down there. And uh, she works for these big, 
billionaires and stuff that have these massive 85, 120 foot yachts, right? And she's the purser on yep. one of them, so she she does all the she does everything on there, anything to do with the housekeeping side of things. And uh, she was up here the other day staying with us, and she was freaking freezing. And I go, well, it's because it's fucking cold outside. <laughs> and she says, yeah. She says I'm gonna come back when it's warmer. And I'm going, yeah. It doesn't get that much warmer. <laughs> oh yes, it does. It gets up to 40 degrees compared. Here. Oh, does it really? Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, oh, it gets warmer there, here I... than it does in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. You, you, you very rarely will see 40 degrees in the Caribbean. You, you, you get 30, 32 in most of the little islands and stuff like that. That's about as best as it gets. Mm. We, we'll hit 40 degrees in Merritt, no problem. See. It's a desert here. I see. Anyhow, uh, it's see. a dry heat. Cool. It's really not, it doesn't feel that bad. Ask the horses. And, and Charles, Charles, I saw your pictures. Doesn't, isn't that Raider Stadium looking impressive? It looks very impressive. Yeah, I drove okay. practically every day, but yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, and it's, it's still got cool a ways to go, but it is a oh, pretty yeah. cool looking stadium. When, when's it yeah, supposed to open? Next year. Next year. So next year. Ne- next year. Next season. So about yeah, a year yeah. from now. Roughly. What yeah. are they? Week. Week five or week six right now or something? Yeah. Some September some coach got fired the other day. I heard that. Yeah. Oh, and five, they fire their coach. Oh, my God. No faith. If you're 0-5 in the, in the NFL, you've already missed the playoffs, right? Pretty close. That is correct. Yeah. So, what's the point in firing your coach? You missed the playoffs. Well, because you have – So, why pay yeah, somebody else? time to build up. You have time to build up for next year. Yeah, yeah, maybe. but m- money is not a thing for them. So, yeah, they don't care. I have no idea. Like, just, yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, did you guys see that so. post by John Hodge when he was trashing Bethel Thompson? No, I started Number- to read it, but I got distracted. The numbers show why many don't consider McLeod Bethel Thompson to be a real starter. He's uh, he's 201 completions for 301 attempts for only 2,494 yards, 11 TDs, and 9 interceptions. Oh, wait. Those aren't Bethel Thompson's numbers. Those are Bo Levi Mitchell's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. He's not really a starter. I don't know why everybody in Calgary thinks he is. Okay. Uh, Phil, I heard you cackle or cuckle or something. Yeah, I was, I was cuckling. You're cuckling. Cool. How you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You guys are getting me excited about going to Vegas when, uh, when the Raiders move there. Okay, I don't want to be anywhere near you when you're excited, Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, every time too, I'm in Vegas, I'm too, too much information for most of us here. <laughs> Whenever I'm in Vegas, I'm always the only guy in the pool because it's, it's always winter time when I go. Yeah, but they closed the fucking pool on me. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I've, I've run into that too. 
Okay, so you got nothing really exciting to say, eh? Nope, not at all. I really want to talk some football. You want to talk football? Okay. This was some weekend for the CFL. Well, okay, then let's talk some football. The first game up was uh, Friday night was the Toronto Argonauts. They went over to Montreal and uh, didn't fare very well. Yeah, it was a pretty close game. Montreal won by a, a field goal, so it wasn't that bad. But, you know, it was, was Montreal just kind of like warming up or uh, they just holding back or what's going on? Because they, they should have mopped the floor with Toronto, and it didn't happen. And, in fact, McLeod Bethel-Thompson actually put on a bit of a clinic. Uh, he was 35 for 45, 342 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. That, that, that is a respectable game. We're going to have to compare that. We should compare that right now. Okay, where's the pen? I got need, need a pen. Oh, there's a pen. Okay, so what is this? He was 77.8%, 342 yards, two TDs. Let's go see what fucking Bo Levi did, just because I like this John Hodgkin thing. Let's come on, come on, come on. Hit the back button here. Okay, over here to Calgary, Winnipeg. What did Bo do? Uh, Bo was oh, he was pretty close. He was sixty-six uh, percent, so off by twelve. Uh, it's three hundred and thirty-seven yards, so he was very close in yards. Three touchdowns and an interception. So uh, yeah, they're not bad. Not bad numbers. We can't pick on 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 Bo for those. Okay. Oh, sorry, and and just so I can add my two cents. Do you have two cents? Okay. Yeah, I got two cents. Let's okay. let's talk about the five passes that hit receivers right in the hands and they dropped them. Then those what aren't stats. That, those aren't those aren't real stats. Say. Okay, you can't. Those you can't, are those th- are Willie's stats. Those are Willie's Willie stats. stats. That's all that matters. You know what okay. you can do with your Willie. You know, like, you'd you just like be to careful. Phil's getting excited. You'd like to know what I do with my Willie. Anyways, I don't. <laughs> I'm glad, Charles. That's why I really like you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm good being kept in the dark on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on, didn't you guys share a hotel room in Edmonton? No. No. Oh, okay. He no. shared it. With you shared the hotel. Gordon, You're in the so. same hotel, were you? Yes, yeah, we, we shared the same, same hotel. hotel. Oh, okay. And and but he shared a room with Russ Gordon, so I'm not even gonna go there. Please don't. Mm. No. I bet you there's some pretty loud snoring coming out of those that room. What are you implying? Nothing. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching any of this, okay? Just let's keep on Can going. Can we talk football? Like, seriously. I thought we were. Who wants, to, who wants to start with this game? Charles, go ahead. Well, to me, this seemed like a game that pretty much the um, – the um, Montreal Alouettes could really win it any time they want. Uh, the Argos stuck with them for a while, but in reality, I think the I think Montreal was kind of toying with them. I uh, I never really got the sense that Montreal was in any sort of serious trouble in this game. I know the game ended up being very close, and McLeod Bethel Thompson put up some. Uh, some big numbers, uh, 342 Acceptable yards. Acceptable numbers. Um, but I just felt that, well, I just felt Montreal was clearly the better team. I think that 
they are head and shoulders a better team than the Argos. And I just think that um, they only really turned it on when they have to. I think maybe they're kind of uh, conserving somewhat to the playoffs, maybe try and take the foot off the gas a little bit because their spot in the standings is um, locked up a month cemented. ago. And the Argos just aren't a very good team. Although I would like to ask, looking at the numbers that McLeod Bethel Thompson had in this game, why in the world did they ever go back to James Franklin to start with? I mean, I know McLeod Bethel Thompson had a an off game the game before they brought Franklin in, but come on, he's been easily your most consistent quarterback all season. Well, we, uh, we did hear we did hear a rumor on that, Charles. That they they put they they put no they put uh, James Franklin in so that they they could show what he could do so that he would have some trade value just before the trading yeah, deadline that backfired then. and that kind of backfired backfire. on them yeah yeah that blew yeah. up and nice. that kind of got Jim Pop fired I think it certainly sounds like it yep. Uh, yeah, so Montreal, uh, they weren't spectacular in this game. It wasn't their best game. They really didn't need it because of their um, the opposition. Toronto just is not a good football team. They haven't been, for the most part, all season. And um, I will say S.J. Green is still plugging along. Uh, he's, what, 30, 34 now, but he's still plugging along. He still can contribute. But uh, but um, Vernon Adams and the boys just have, they got done what they needed to get done, and they came away with another victory. I expected them to win this one, and they did. I thought it was going to be a little bit more lopsided, but uh, I think they're a little bit off the gas. They'll never admit it, but I think they just they did what they need to do to get the win in this one. Nothing more, nothing a, less. I have a question for you, Charles. Okay. Why did why did BC ever get rid of Jeremiah Johnson? That's a head scratcher for me. I don't understand that at all either. Because uh, is it just because he wasn't uh, Herbie's man? Because he he was I, lights out in this game. Because he was fantastic in this game. You're right. Yeah. Uh, why they got rid of him, I don't know. I I always liked him when he was here. I thought he was a very good running back. So I don't understand why they decided to get rid of him. No, he's a I mean, no north-south power back. White, John White has actually been pretty good, but I would prefer to have Jeremiah Johnson. I just would, but it didn't yeah. work out that way. And he's not even in the number one position here with William Stanback. Oh. You know, it's just like, really? Seriously? He's better than yeah. other teams running back. And uh, anyhow, just my Take question there. James couldn't figure out what Miller. it was. Yep. That 45-yard catch and run was just beautiful. It was. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. Yep. Nope. Uh, Good win for Montreal, but, uh, I mean, they really didn't have to do a whole lot to beat the Argos. No. Okay. Moving on. Phil, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I'm going to admit this is the only game I didn't see any of this weekend, but I uh, followed the highlights pretty closely. Looked like it was a, a fairly exciting game to, to be watching. Uh, 
I want to the highlights don't Mr. always Pat- tell the full story. That's true. That is, that is true. But uh, that's why they're called the highlights. Completion, the completions that Vernon Adams Jr. made, he looks so poised in the pocket. He has really been a, a pleasure to watch this season. He has become a very accomplished passer in the pocket, as well as being a threat to run anytime he's got the ball. So it makes their offense dangerous, and I think it's going to get more dangerous as the season continues, especially like you mentioned with that running back tandem of Jeremiah Johnson and William Stanback. So you mean as the season continues? I thought the yes. season was yeah, closing. It's got a little bit left to go. Mm, Games are yeah. just getting more and more important. Maybe not for Montreal, but uh, the games aren't more important. The They're no more important than they were in Week One. If teams had played their hearts out in Week One and started winning games back then, we wouldn't be having this situation right now. Okay. Hey, don't tell I, me. I, tell the BC Lions. I know. No shit. One in ten. Like, win a few of those games, and you're still in the playoffs. Hey, speaking okay. of why. Uh, why the BC Lions gave up Jeremiah Johnson? Why did they let Andrew Harris walk back in the day? Uh, it, it, it's Andrew actually Harris really simple. Andrew Harris is from Winnipeg. His daughter lives in Winnipeg, and he got to the point where he now wanted to go where he wanted to be. And BC actually gave offered him a very respectable contract, but he didn't. He was kind of miffed because he got pulled out of the last game of the season. Because he, uh, they were kind of, they didn't want him to get hurt for the playoffs, and he was like three yards away from uh, the, the the rushing title, and it ended up going to to tell uh, to Sutton, and uh, Andrew Harris, Air, Andrew Harris wanted the rushing title, he didn't get it, and then uh, then he, there, there was a little bit of a standoff out of that, and he just decided that he wanted to go. Uh, back to Win- go to go to Winnipeg and be closer to his daughter, which you can't. Nobody can fault him for that. And if you're not extremely happy with where you are, then uh, you, you go where you would be. Does that answer the question? Very well. Yep. Maybe yep. they don't have any supplement shops out on the west coast too. No, no, there are. There are. Yeah, you can juice in the west coast just as well as you can in Winnipeg. In fact, I think probably better. I think probably he got his stuff on mail order anyhow, online, bought it online, because, yeah, I don't know. Mind you, yeah. never mind. I'm not going to say anything about that. No. But it's okay. It's okay. We, we, know, we know that his supplements were, were, were not good. They were actually too That's good. The That's for the Argonauts in that game. Uh, McLeod Bessel-Thompson, he continues to look strong. And, you know, let's remember, he's only second-year guy in this league. Now, I yeah, but he's 32 or something, isn't he? Yep, but I would call him a bona fide starter now. I guess I'd have to disagree with Mr. Hodge. I, I didn't read that article. Oh, but, it, uh, there's nothing the I matter think... with the article. Not, not. In fact, what he was doing, he was dissing Bo Levi Mitchell. He wasn't picking on McLeod Ethel Thompson. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. He said, he said people say that McLeod Ethel Thompson is not a starter. Well, not with these numbers, and he rattled off the numbers, and they weren't Thompson's numbers; they were actually Bo Levi Mitchell's numbers. <laughs> so oh, he I was taking. That was you he, doing that? Okay, that was no, 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 no. Stuff. That was the, 
Hodge did that himself. Yeah, no, he was taking a shot at Mitchell. SBR goes overall. I think they're peaking right now. This is as good as we're going to see them, and, and they're not a bad football team. Well, you know, they've, they've made some changes. Pinball's now at the reins, and, you know, they're going to have a new coach next year, and I think things are going to be looking up for the Toronto Argonauts, and I think the Argo Lifers have got uh, something to look forward to. Yep, I think you're right, Christopher. That's about all you I know, and, and I, I think I, you could say the same thing with the BC Lions, but I honestly don't think you can say that about the Ottawa Red Blacks. There is nothing in there that shows that this team is making changes for the better. Not at this point in time. 100% agree with you. Right. So, you know, I mean, BC made some changes and actually tried to run for the playoffs. So I'm good with that. Toronto Argonauts finally said, well, enough is enough is enough. And they got rid of Jim Pop and, you know, and they they will, and pinball will come in and and do a good job. If he has to clean house, he will. But, you know, status quo is, is in Ottawa and they think everything is just peachy keen. I think they're coming back with Jonathan Jennings as they're starting next year. That was a you joke. Think so? No. There's no. no way. No, no. That was a joke. He'll be released okay. at the end of the season. Well, he he won't have to be. He was only signed for a one year contract. Okay, well he ain't coming back. He, he's a free agent coming this year. Dom Davis, however, signed for two years. Well, that's not a good thing. Well, it doesn't matter. It's no sweat to Ottawa. They can release him, too. True. Okay. William. Yes? Well, I watched this entire game from start to finish on Friday night because I wanted to watch some football. And I was actually entertained. Okay. And Toronto didn't look that bad. You know, I keep on I keep on hearing these guys talking about Bethel Thomas. The reason you can't consider him the starter in Toronto is because he's over thirty. Okay, and that's a big thing. Can can I, everybody tell me how old Tom Brady is? Can anybody tell me that? Forty two. Tom 41. Brady guys. Forty two. Forty one. Forty one. So Bethel Thomas like could have a Bethel Thomas could have a 10-year career if he wanted it, okay? And, I mean, the way that guy chucks the ball, he should be a starter somewhere. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I was quite impressed. You know what? Montreal had nothing to play for. They still won because they're that much better than Toronto. They just won. But I tend to wonder how motivated they actually are and just trying not to get hurt, I guess. Not much more to say about that game. The one thing that I really took out of this game is McLeod Bethel-Thompson, regardless of where Toronto's status is at this point in time, which is out of the playoffs, and that everybody knows that, he plays with emotion. Did you see oh, him yeah. lose it on his receivers? Yes, I did. Yep. Yes, I okay. did. Yes, I did. And, and you you got to like game, that. That game meant something to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I you gotta give the guy credit for playing with heart. Yeah, you do. You do indeed. Okay, so I think Toronto is on the upswing in the CFL. I don't know how steep that upswing is, 
But I think it's going in the right direction. Okay? That's just my take on it, and we'll see what happens. I honestly don't think James Franklin's going to be there next year. I don't think he's going to be in the league. I I can't argue with that, but there's somebody is going to need a somebody's going to need a backup out there, and he's young enough to to be that. Maybe he can work better under another system or something like that. But I mean, he's not going to be in Toronto. I agree with that. I mean, he didn't didn't do poorly in Edmonton. He didn't look bad as a backup in Edmonton. He worked well yeah. in that system. Could could we see him in BC with Mike Riley? Nope. He's not a starter. Worked together not before. Yet. He's not a not starter. Now. I don't know if he ever will be. Maybe not. But if he's only going to be a backup, he might as well go where he's confident as a backup. Now, I don't like the concept of a backup being a safety position because you always want this guy to be able to step up and, and perform if, you're, right. if your number one goes down. But, you know, as a short yardage quarterback, he's good. Um, you know, and you throw him in there for a couple of plays, he's got a decent arm. He could be a respectable career backup. He's not a third stringer where you want to, you know, work on his progress because I don't think we're going to get any. I think that what you've seen is what you get out of, of James Franklin, unless you're right and it comes into a different system. So, anyhow, I I, I could see him in BC. Ottawa doesn't need him. There's no way. You know, why trade one pile of shit for another? Okay, speaking of BC, the next game was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the BC Lions in BC. Now, this game, which I watched the majority of, uh, was respectable. I, I honestly believe if Mike Riley was playing, Saskatchewan would not have won. Danny O'Brien did not play a bad game of football. It wasn't a great game of football by any stretch of the means. But Saskatchewan didn't look that, that good. They, did, they, they got a couple of key breaks, and it put, it put them up and over. They were not, to me, they did not look at, like a quality playoff team. And if this is the way that Saskatchewan is preparing themselves for the playoffs, they're going to be exiting early. My take. Charles. You were at the game? No, you weren't. You're in Las Vegas still. No, I'm just coming home. Just on your way home. Okay. I did. did well, you watch? actually, I, I I got home. That I saw the game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, they got done. Let's face it. The Lions had nothing to play for here, and Saskatchewan did, and I think it really showed in this game. Uh, Saskatchewan was definitely a team that wanted to uh, uh, to win this game. Um, but you know what? The Lions held their own, considering all that had gone through with uh, Mike Riley out and Danny O'Brien in making his first ever career start. I didn't think he was terrible. He certainly wasn't spectacular, but I didn't think he was awful. For a young guy, well, I mean, he's not that young. He's been in the league for six years. But for a guy who's been there that long to finally make his first start, I mean, his numbers were respectable. He uh, was 16 to 25 
171 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I felt so bad for Grant Kramer to finally get in, and then get hurt. He gets hurt right away. I mean, and it looked like a bad injury too. It looked like I think he probably blew out his ACL. So uh, you could tell when they were carting him off the field that um, uh, he was just shattered. Um, the guy that really uh, put the boots to the Lions in this game was William Powell. He was great in this game, 100, uh, 111 yards and a touchdown on 15 carries. Cody Fajardo was good. He wasn't great. Uh, again, like in the last game, he didn't have to be because, let's face it, the Lions are not a very good team this year. Um, the Riders really shut John White down pretty well, only 12 carries for 38 yards. Uh, and I thought they needed to have a much bigger running presence, presence especially with Daniel Bryan in the game. But um, uh, that Wait, didn't it, happen. So, uh, Brian Roosevelt, Burnham. 106 yards. Brian Burnham. Brian Burnham. That guy can Brian catch balls that go anywhere, right? Because literally if the ball is anywhere within three feet of him, he somehow made the catch. He made that one catch that ended up being called uh, incomplete because they say his foot came down on the line. Uh, something I'm still kind of disputing myself. It looked to me like he had just got the toe in. But even though even though it was ruled out of bounds, how he actually caught that ball is beyond me. It, it was ridiculous. And then he caught another pass later in the game uh, uh, that was equally as spectacular, or almost as spectacular. And for a touchdown. But, um you know that how most players, are, yep. they got the number on the back of their jerseys and they got the name across the back? Yeah. And on the front, they've got the logo, team logo or something like that? Okay? Right. Brian Burnham doesn't have that. He's got a number on the back, which is number 16, and across the yeah. top, it just says MOP. The only problem is, can you give an MOP to a guy that, <laughs> that doesn't make the playoff? That, that's what's going to hurt him. Because well, of course it is. definitely had an MOP season. But to be perfectly honest, it's going to be hard to give him in the MOP on a team that uh, a losing football team. That's where it's going to be a bit of a, a problem for him. But well, Mike Riley, were, Mike if, Riley was the MOP last year. There's no question about that yeah, in Edmonton, yeah. and he could not get the award because yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and they're right? not going to give it to Burnham either. But no, it's that not. But seriously, a that, season because he has. He is the most outstanding player of the league. Oh, there, by a mile, as far as I'm concerned. There's no question about this. There is no better and receiver in the CFL. Coming in, Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks. Sorry, Brandon Banks is not as good as Brian Burnham. I'm sorry, it's not. He's a great receiver. He's not as good. He doesn't make the outlandish, ridiculous circus catches like Burnham does. Burnham no, he can catch the ball. The- that's he yeah. gets a five and seven yard pass and turns it into forty five. Brandon Banks right. can run, okay. Right. But he doesn't go. His his catches are not contested, okay. He's usually wide open, catches the ball and runs like a little. Never mind. Um, Brian Burnham went up and took that ball, one handed away from two guys, brought it down, fought for it, spun him around, and reached out and put it into the end zone. I don't know how he did that. Attitude. It was yeah. attitude. Mm-hmm. And 
You know, if you look at that the, the catch that what was deemed out of bounds, he actually yeah. landed with the ball of his foot in bounds, and then his toes That's touched the line. Too. Yeah. You know, you go back and look at it again. He landed on the ball of his foot, which was in bounds, and then the toes came down onto the line. And mm-hmm. if the if if the rule if the the ruling on the field was that it was a, a completed pass for a touchdown, yep. I don't think the command center could have overturned that and said no. He's no, out of bounds. The, the, there, uh, that's why they did. There was no conclusive evidence one way or another, so they yeah. had to go with the call on the field. But I agree yeah. with you. Had they called it a touchdown, they probably would not have overturned that either. But yeah. it was a spectacular catch. But uh, having said that, the Riders get the win. They're the ones that need it way more than the Lions because the Lions are playing out the string. But I thought the Lions held their own all right. Yeah. And, you know, for being Danny O'Brien's first start, it was a pretty decent game. Okay, now the two Lion guys have talked enough about this game. W- William, yeah. you want to come in and tell us what you think? Yeah, what I think is I thought it was Phil talking about Saskatchewan. Anyways, um, <laughs> I watched. I, come on, I, as I BC Lion fans, we have to have something all season to talk about, okay? All season I we've had a so lot to talk and, about. And, and you know what? Brian Burnham is what you should talk about because he is a hell of a receiver. There's no doubt about it. I can't argue with you guys there. He's about the brightest spot on that team this year other than Mike Riley surviving or sort of surviving or almost surviving, whatever you might want to call it. Broken wrist. I, I, yes, I know. I watched the whole game. It was entertaining. Um, you know what? Saskatchewan has to play a little bit better to beat Edmonton because the difference between Edmonton and BC is BC had nothing to lose. Edmonton, they're going to come out and they're going to play hard because they still got a place to be. They can make a different difference. They don't have to cross over or do they? No, they don't have to cross over. So no, they don't. So it could be Winnipeg. Let's, uh, yeah, it could be anybody. Still, well, not really. Uh, yeah, it no, could be Winnipeg. Um, it's Winnipeg could be the crossover team. They only have one game left. Yeah, they could be. If, and if they don't, if they don't beat Calgary next week or the week after, when no, next week. Next week. They could yep. be. They could be crossing over because Edmonton needs two wins. Yep. So they do have something to fight for. And uh, yep. yeah, they're playing. They're playing Saskatchewan back-to-back. So Edmonton is going to be challenged, but like BC was before, they're playing for their life right now. Yep. So so the BC game, I was entertained by that one, too. I guess I was just in the mood to watch football on Friday night or something. Um, Jeez, well, when aren't you in the I, mood to watch football? Well, well, no, because I had, I had a lot of work to do because, like I had told you, we just had finished my closet and – there was a lot of cleanup to do in my basement, and I spent the whole night cleaning. But I was also had my TV on and was watching football as it was cleaning. So, well, but yeah, it was an interesting year or season. Or sorry, it was an interesting game. But like I said, yeah, Brad Burnham is pretty pretty spectacular, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I could say, I could say that he is the premier receiver in the CFL. Like <laughs> Cody Fajardo is the premier quarterback in the CFL. 
but um, but it's true about Burnham. Okay, so yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, yeah. So let's see what let's see what happens next year with BC. Because okay. I'm not convinced they they should stick by their stick with what they have. In what yeah, that capacity? Is an interesting... You mean their coach, their well, quarterback, their receiver? Player, Ooh, players, what? players, 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 players. They make, need to make some changes. And once again, I am still flabbergasted why BC got rid of the running back because he wasn't a Herbie. He wasn't a Herbie guy. Yeah, that's it. So I can't. That's about it. I, yeah. I don't get it. Okay. But oh well. I don't get it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. 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 Well, did you have a chance Will, to watch I, this game or no? I did. Yeah, I, I didn't think Will watched the game because uh, I thought he spent the night watching MMA, falling asleep on the couch. No, it, it was it was PVR'd, Phil. Okay, so there you go. Everything's PVR'd okay. now, Phil. So you go back and forth. <laughs> All right, I'm just and I was sleeping on the couch. And there's nothing the matter with watching MMA. Sleeping in the chair, Phil. So the Lions, they wear their white uniforms at home. I, I thought it was kind of a metaphor for waving the white flag with their $700,000 quarterback on the shelf with a broken wrist. But, you know, they actually played pretty competitively in the first half. Hang on. Where's that Phil, mute button? Phil, Phil, get it right. Phil, get it right. He. He's seven hundred and fifty a year, not seven hundred thousand. Come on, they seven hundred twenty-five. Seven twenty-five, I think. Don't exaggerate, Will. And then you divide that over fifteen games. Eighteen. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him back. No. Well, we could. Oh, it's, just, it's not throwing he, hand. He's doing it because he's t- he said 15 because he's not going to play the last three. I, I know, I know. But you know what? If the BC, Lions, the BC Lions were in the playoffs, Mike Riley would be playing. Yeah, he's such a tough son of a bitch. I'm surprised he's not yeah. out there with a club on his left hand. Well, there's no reason for him to be out there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think with a broken wrist on your non-throwing hand you can take a snap. Okay, I don't think you can take a snap. I think it's too hard on you. Just saying. It might be. So I know you guys probably didn't notice out on the left coast there, but there was sure a lot of phantom calls against the Riders by that Bradford crew in in the first half. Hang on. I got to find that mute button. Where the hell is it? Phantom calls. Phil, were you watching the same football game we were? I'm pretty sure we were. I don't think we were. Not... Not by that tone. Hey, hey, wait a minute, though. Phil, maybe you can tell us, because you know this. You know when those those fans wear the watermelons on their heads? Okay? Yeah. Do they have tin do they have tinfoil hats under their watermelons? <laughs> Trying to protect their hair or, or the head from the microwaves or something? I don't know what it is. No, no, it's the conspiracy that everybody's against Saskatchewan. The referees. In the water boys, the fans, everybody. It's Even the cheerleaders. 
it's real. Well, no, man, you you, you really gotta wake up. You really do. I I thought did Charles, did you think that that game was poorly refed? Do you think that it was one sided? I'm going to say no because I didn't really even notice the referees in that game. And typically when you don't notice the referees, uh, it's probably a pretty good re- uh, officiated game. I didn't think there was uh, – I can't recall too many calls that I had a problem with. No. And, and, and you know, in, in all honesty, Phil, you got you got to say that that uh, Burnham touchdown was really a touchdown and, and, and the officials got that one wrong. So, I mean, that's an I important can't... call too. I can't agree there, but uh, I think the right call was made in the end. But I will agree that Brian Burnham should be the m- most outstanding player in CFL, hands down. There's, there's no doubt in my mind now. But because what about not a team that doesn't make the playoffs? Do you think like that matters? Somebody pointed out in the last show, it's the most outstanding player award. Not the most valuable not player. The most valuable it's player. the most outstanding player. Brian Burnham has hands down shown to be the most outstanding player in 2019. Without question. And it's, it's, it's time it goes to a receiver. It's been a long time. And I think it belongs in his hands. As for Danny O'Brien, I'm pretty impressed with that young man. You know, um, he, he had a his college career was kind of uh, hampered by uh, getting set down for a while and then transferring from one power five conference team to, a, to an even stronger power five conference team. But uh, I think in the future, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the CFL. I, re- I really do. I, he's the real deal. I'll, I'll say a couple more kind things about the Lions too. You know what? Uh, Defensive backs T.J. Lee and Brian Peters, they've turned into be shut-down defensive backs and, and two two of the best in the league. Their secondary has been pretty good for the most part this year. Which has been a yeah, weak point for the last couple of years, so I'm yeah. pleased with that. And they, they got off to a slow start the first few games, but uh, ever since about week four or five, they've been very good. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, so... You know, for, former Lion Solomon Alamini, he played most of the game at, at will linebacker with the Canadian camp judge playing in the middle. And Solly, he's come on at the right time. He, he is peaking right now. And, you know, there's other big threats in senior defensive players and front seven players like Willie Jefferson and Charleston Hughes. They, they've both fallen off a little, but uh, Solly looks like he's in peak, peak condition right now. Yeah, he's still uh, trailing Simone Lawrence and Enoch Mwamba. So. Yeah, Enoch's having a good season. He's not missing as many tackles as he used to. No. But, I, I mean, Solly's only played Taylor. 13 games so far. Yeah, and that's probably helped, eh? Yeah. And yeah, you got to look at Simone bit. Lawrence missed two games, too, with that suspension. So. Ooh. And he's still yep. leading the yeah, league in tackles. Had a great season. Yep. Yeah. But the uh, the Riders sat down uh, possible rookie of the year Dakota Shepley, a right tackle in favor of uh, Philip Blake, and and you know we've seen why uh, William Powell averaged uh, eight more than eight yards a carry in the first half, and seven point four yards for the game. 
And his longest carry was for 16 yards. So, yeah, um, but that's because BC has no run-stopping defense. That could be true, yeah. Could be something like that. So, I mean, you, you can't go off and say that these guys are, like, awesome when, when they're playing a sieve. I thought it was uh, really interesting how uh, we haven't seen the can noise at BC Place a lot this season, but when the Riders came to town on that Kyron Moore touchdown drive, man, was there a pile of it. I had to turn my TV down. And, and it's okay. something we hadn't, I hadn't noticed previously this season. There, there's no such thing as can noise in BC Place. It's a total and complete myth. It doesn't That's exist, complete nonsense. Bill. It's been debunked. It's illegal. Oh, I, I, I never heard it. Send me a link. Don't send have to me a send link. you a link. It's a fact. I've been I've been a season ticket holder for twenty years. It just does not exist. Phil, have you ever been to BC Place? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, so you know that it's actually built between two concrete viaducts. The uh, the building itself is concrete. The the it's not can noise you're hearing, even with like fifteen to twenty thousand people in there you get them cheering if the sound it, bounces all over the building it, it creates massive echoes so it makes the building loud it's got nothing to do with can noise can noise is illegal you're not allowed to use it and they have people that supervise this stuff to make sure it's not being done it, 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 it doesn't it exist proven 15 years ago i thought it no I thought it, I read it was not no, it was not. It was not proven. It was just some idiot from – I actually think it was a Saskatchewan media person, but beside the point. Um, you know, it, 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 it never existed in B.C., never, regardless of what people believe or want to believe or whatever else and pick on them for attendance, whatever, that building freaking loud. And I'll tell you, the reason why Wally Buono would never open the roof – is because the sound stays down when the roof is closed. Right. So it makes everybody it says, "Why do you spend a half a billion dollars getting a, a a retractable roof when you don't open the goddamn thing?" Well, it's a home field advantage. And if you don't have the fans out there, you might as well amplify them the way that you naturally the way that you can. That's a fact. Okay. Where are we going from there? So that's the end of the this, uh, BC. Oh, you know what? We didn't do the scores. We didn't do the scores. Let's go back and do the Toronto game. Toronto-Montreal. Uh, final score was 27-24 for Montreal Alouettes. Uh, what's going on here? Why? Why didn't uh, Sparky? Why didn't you give what? this win to somebody? I know oh, he did. Me, he, get, he gave it to Phil. Sorry, 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 Phil. You won this one. You're off by three points. I think I missed you it only two, by one or two points. That score. Too, you, right? you, you picked it twenty-eight twenty-six, and it was twenty-seven twenty-four. Three. So you're out by three, three points, which is that's pretty impressive. Okay. I was looking down, Charles. You didn't get any this week. That's why no. I was looking for the orange thing. But it's yeah, I got to go up and down, not left to right. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Stephen. 
Okay, and the second game, which was the BC Lions and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, ended up 27-19 for BC. Charles, you lost that one. So did I. Uh, Will, you're off by six points. Really good game. Way to go. Way to collect the golden. Oh, no, you didn't. Phil got the golden ticket with two-point spread. He picked 28-18, out by one point on each side. Mark was uh, a distant third at 12 points off. Okay, so Phil picks up the first two games. Boom, boom. Wow. That's going to make it hard to catch. Okay, the third game, the Ottawa Red Blacks into Hamilton to break their undefeated streak in 2019 season, and it didn't play out that way. Uh, Hamilton didn't had no issues dispatching the Ottawa Red Blacks. Why? Because the Red suck. And Hamilton is a very explosive and defensive team at the same time. So, yeah, good game. If you're a Ticat fan, not so good, you Red Black fans. What's going to happen in Ottawa? Seriously, what are they going to change? They get a, Marcel Desjardins going to get fired? Is uh, Rick Campbell going to get fired? Uh, we figure that uh, Jonathan Jennings won't be back, but Dom Davis is under contract. They're, they're, they're just recycling the same shit. It, you know, it's like I was reading something today about um, Calga- or Albertans having to stop picking the conservatives. If you continue doing the same thing over and over again, it's the definition of insanity. And that's uh, Albert Einstein, right? Doing if the you same continue, thing over and over again and expecting a different expecting result. different results. Not going to happen. It's, it's insanity. Well, it's kind of like Winnipeg, right? Nothing's changed in Winnipeg over the last seven years, and nothing's really changed in Winnipeg over the last seven years. Well, they got to the playoffs. Oh, whoopee. They got one playoff win in seven years. That's something to write home and tell Mama about. At the same time, I think most teams in the league have got Grey Cups, except maybe Hamilton. Okay. Um, Phil, start off with this game. What happened? Oh, geez. This is ugly, eh? I guess we all knew it was going to be coming in. Good to see Dane Evans had a big night, 452 yards. That's his career best. Uh, And my uh, confidence in him has been – Comfortably, I don't know how to put it. He's done everything I expected of him and more this season. He is he is a bona fide. Um, how do you say that, Will? Uh, premier quarterback in the league. I don't think we could compare Dane Evans' stats to Bo Levi Mitchell's at this point, uh, at, especially the way we let into the show, because uh, I, I really believe in my heart that Dane Evans is going to lead this team to the Grey Cup. Wow, that's he's, a stretch saying saying they're gonna, he's going to lead them to the Grey Cup. They're in the Grey Cup. It's 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 obvious, I think. Sorry, I, I, to a Grey Cup victory is what I okay. Sort of clarify yourself. They're, yep. they're going to the Grey Cup. That's pretty hard not to, right? They're going to come up against a, a tough Montreal team, but uh, you know there are not very many holes in this in this Hamilton Ticats team at all. It it is really hard to find a weakness. I, I don't know where, where I would look for one right now. 
How a game plan against There's There's been very few teams had success against them this year, and, and Ottawa just didn't have a chance in, in this game. It really wasn't very entertaining. It uh, was difficult to watch, and probably knowing what it was going to look like going in made it even worse because uh, the Ticats actually toyed with them for a little bit up at the start, much like the Riders did with BC. And, uh, no, this was ugly. This was ugly. There isn't much more to say about this game. Other than okay. that, I think that Hamilton, type, that Hamilton uh, receiver, just his name just escapes me right now. I think he is. Uh, he should be the rookie of the year in this league. Who's that? Um, oh, can't, is it Jalen Acklin? He's not a rookie, Phil. Oh, I thought he was. He played. He played last year, oh, Phil. He, yeah, but didn't he only play four games last year or something? You're not a rookie. Okay, he's not a rookie. So I think he still, I think he still qualifies though. I, I I've heard him in discussion the other day. Who's that? Uh, Is it Jalen? You must have. You must have been watching, listening to Saskatchewan radio station. Yeah, probably. That's where I'm tuned in. Yeah, oh, Addison, you Braylon, Braylon, Addison. Braylon Addison. I'm sorry, not Jalen Addison. Braylon Addison. There you go. There you go. Yep. That makes more sense. He's still not a rookie. No, I don't think so. No, Jalen Acklin is a rookie. Jalen Acklin? Okay. Never heard of him. But but Braylon Addison is not a rookie. Right. Okay. Okay. Charles, pick this up. Well, this was pretty much a um this was pretty much a glorified practice, I think, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats because that's what it's been for everybody playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. For most of this season, in fact, it's been one beating after another. The only game they were relatively close on was the game against Edmonton, which was uh, Logan Kilgore's first start. But this team is just a, a nothing team. I mean, they're not even putting up any real fight anymore and haven't for a few weeks. BC thumped them. Toronto thumped them. And now Hamilton thumped them. I mean, really, this is... This is just like practice time for teams at this point because this Ottawa team has got nothing. Um, I remember back in the season, back way back to free agency, we saw this team get decimated. And I remember thinking they're going to be the worst team in the CFL this year. And, boy, I was pretty much bang on with that because this team is a train wreck with a capital T. I remember after they got beaten in back-to-back games by the Lions. I said they're not going to win uh, another game this season, and it looks like they're not. They're not even playing competitive. Like a lot of times when teams get knocked out of the playoffs, they try and play for pride. They try and play for jobs. They're not playing for either. They're playing not to get hurt, 
collect their paychecks and go home. Uh, real bizarre turnaround is this was a team that was in the Grey Cup, or at least this franchise was in the Grey Cup a year ago in Edmonton, and now they're just um, they're just a shell of what that team was a year ago. Uh, Hamilton, they're they're gearing up for uh, a playoff run. I mean, they they're easily the favorites coming out of the East, and they might be the favorites to win the Grey Cup. Period. So this is a very good football team, and um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with um, with uh, Phil there that uh, Dane Evans is uh, looking like a bona fide starter, um, and they're going to be. It's going to be interesting in the off season if Jeremiah Mazzoli heals up from his ACL injury. Uh, is that a guy? Are they? Are the uh, Ticats going to move him? Because quite frankly, you could probably get pretty good value for him and. It's going to cost you a lot less to keep Dane Evans as your starter than it will Jeremiah Mazzoli. So uh, if I'm Hamilton, I'm taking a good look at some of these other teams, teams like Toronto, teams like, uh, let's see, who else is looking for a quarterback? Well, Ottawa, they're another team looking for a quarterback. Maybe even a team like the Bombers. Um, This uh, might be uh, a guy that they can shop around and get some value for because uh, with the emergence of Dane Evans, um, they've got a pretty valuable piece there that they can make expendable. So uh, that's going to be interesting coming in the off season. But right now, uh, Hamilton is full speed ahead for the playoffs. They've already pretty much clinched the Eastern Eastern final at home. And uh, Ottawa, like I said, they're just trying to get uh, get out of the season without getting killed. William. Yes, you know what? Mark Weddle finally got what he wanted. He's been saying, well, the last time he was on the show, I can't remember. It's been so long. But he kept I don't know saying, when that was. Let, I don't know. He kept on saying, let's see what Will Art can do. Well, Will Art didn't do anything. He had 112 yards passing. So I guess Will Art aren't the answer or something. So, you know what? He didn't. He didn't look that bad, though, William. Well, he only had 112 yards passing. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, but look at the team you around know, him. The loss wasn't well, on him. I, well, of course it wasn't on him. But Ottawa's got to blow it up and start over again. Let's face it. Um, they need a new quarterback. They need a new general manager. They need a new head coach. But they're not going to get any of that. They might get a new quarterback. And, of course, they played, in my mind, the premier team in the league right now, which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They have the best record. And uh, they went out and gobsmacked them. But Ottawa's just not that good. And Dean Evans had a great game, but it was against Ottawa. And the game didn't mean anything. So, but, hey, more power to Hamilton. So, I mean, there's not much to say about this. It was a, it was a gobsmacking of monstrous proportions. We didn't expect Ottawa to win, anyways, did we? So, I don't think so. No. But then the age-old dilemma comes with Hamilton, just like it used to happen with Calgary. Who should you play if the game doesn't mean anything? Even though the guys do have to, you know, stay in the game, who should you play? 
And uh, if I was uh, if I was Hamilton, next games I'd keep Dane Evans in for a game, for a quarter. That's about it. And take him out because if he get if he gets hurt, they're done. So even Brandon Banks, he's another guy who shouldn't be playing that much. But we shall see. Anyways, I don't have much more than that to say. Okay, so uh, this was the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, showing up in Hamilton, and Hamilton continuing their undefeated streak. They are now 8-0 and at home for the season. They have one more game. Can they be that? Can it be that difficult to beat Hamilton at home? Yeah, well, look, who's going to play them next? They got one more game at home, and who is it? Not going to lose. They are not going to lose. That's just a simple fact of the matter. Uh, who, who are they playing? They're playing Toronto, I think it is, isn't it? Nope, yeah, they're playing Toronto at home. Do you think Toronto's going to go into Hamilton and beat them? Not likely. No. They're going to go 9-0. 9-0 at home this year. End up with, what, 13, 14 wins on the season? They're at 13 right They're at 13 right now. They're going to be at 14, be 14. or 15 wins on this. 14 or 15 wins on the season because next week they're they're playing uh next week they're playing who montreal montreal they're playing montreal in montreal even if they rest dane evans even if they do everything else i think hamilton's still going to take montreal out so they're going to end up with 15 wins on the season holy fuck amazing good for tie cats good for their fans that is a team that is a team record for them is it? Actually, yesterday Good. was yesterday was a team record. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. well, good on them. Good on them. Some records are made to be broken. Okay. So, anyhow, it was final score was 33 to 12. Uh, Charles, you're up by 10 points. Will, you picked Ottawa. Yeah, I was trying you to catch Charles. Or I was trying to get, I was trying to catch Charles. Charles and picking Ottawa was the, was the path to that. Well, yeah, because you picked the other team, right? So, I picked Hamilton to win fifty-two to twelve. I absolutely nailed the Ottawa score, twelve, twelve, twelve. Perfect. I kind of overestimated Hamilton's desire to step on their throat. But, uh, hey, I was out by 19 points. Uh, Mark, 32 to 10. Out by three. He gets the golden ticket on this one. So, Phil gets two this week. Mark's got one. And we got one remaining game, which is was what we were saying the most meaningful game of the season it's the, or of the week. It's the only game where both teams needed to win. Okay, Saskatchewan, BC, only Saskatchewan needed to win. Toronto, Montreal, Montreal couldn't care less. Hamilton's lighting it up. They don't care. This was the game that Calgary, Calgary wins. They're in first place. Winnipeg wins. They're in first place. It is, was a very meaningful game. Winnipeg continues to lose because they have been of, as of late. They're going to end up in the crossover position going over to the east. 
Calgary is trying for the bye. How did it turn out? It was in Calgary. William, you were there? I was so. I was well, there. Tell us what tell us what you thought. Well, the crowd what was you thought, very what disappointing. You see? The, crowd? the crowd was very disappointing, yes. There wasn't small? very many of them. Yep, really? it was small. It was small. Uh, um, was it cold? I, I, no, it wasn't that bad. I I didn't really wear my big jacket until the middle of the third quarter, so... Or they had about 27,000, just shy of 27,000 people. It wasn't yeah, that small. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because coming home in the car, listening on the radio there is saying, oh, we should have games at this time every weekend because these are great games. You know what? Sorry, people work. When you have a game at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you have less people who are going to go. It's that simple. It's been like that for every five o'clock game on Saturday in Calgary this year. The 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 crowd has been sparse, and I really believe it's because people work or they have better things to do on Saturday night. So, what but, time would you like it on um, Saturday? Uh, seven. But you're the one who says like that it gets fucking cold when the sun goes down this time of year. Well, it does. It does. But you know what? Last weekend, when it was on a Friday night at 7.30, there was more people. And it was colder. And it was colder. And I really think that's the deterrent, to be honest with you. I mean, people still do have to work on Saturdays. I don't, well, I but ha- a lot of people do. I honestly hated the one o'clock start on Saturday afternoons. I, yeah. it, it just it, it just ruins the entire day. Yeah, it does. I uh, you know it give does. me a seven o'clock start any night of the week and it's way better. Okay. Anyways, I uh, watched the game and just so you and Charles know, I watched the game with a BC Lion fan. An old guy. He uh I wasn't there. He's been a BC No, he's been a BC Lion fan forever. He was a lot older than us, uh, Christopher. He was okay. uh he's a retired uh he's a retired RCMP officer, did all of his tour duty for the RCMP thirty five years in BC and uh he was a Lions fan and he actually was a knowledgeable Lions fan. And it was wow. quite enjoyable to sit next to him and talk football all night long. So, was this one yeah, of your tickets or, or or your neighbor's tickets? No, it was my it was my it was my tickets. Okay. He's uh he's he's a friend of mine's father in law and I had never met him before and it was just an added bonus to the game because it was a pretty good game in general. Okay. Um Did you tell him about our I, podcast I, and stuff? Are they gonna hang out on with us now? Of course, of course I told them about our podcast. I always tell okay. people about the podcast. I'm hoping one of these times it'll be somebody who knows about our podcast and I'll get into a fist fight because, you know, I'm at that age where <laughs> I'm at that age where fight. I should I'm at that age where I should have my first fist fight ever. Okay, so um, um, no, it was a very it was a great game in my mind. Um, Calgary. Uh, for a minute there, I thought Calgary wasn't going to win. 
because uh, what did uh, Winnipeg in the second quarter scored 17 points in 90 seconds? All right, and I was like, uh oh, what just happened? But I watched Bo Levi all night. And Bo Levi, to be honest with you, I think that was the best game of the year for him. He was seeing receivers. He was throwing the ball into receivers. I don't think he should have thrown it, but they were receptions, not interceptions. Um, But uh, the most amazing thing about Calgary is they knew Winnipeg was going to run, and they couldn't stop Winnipeg from running. And I think this week's lesson to the Stampeders will be wrap, wrap the runner when you hit him. You can't hit a guy and not wrap, especially when it's Chris Trevler, okay? Because that guy is a beast. He is pretty amazing. And you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. The Winnipeg team is a lot better than I thought they were. They're a lot better than I thought they were. But bottom line, Calgary came out with the win, and that's all that matters, baby. But it was a very hard-fought game. So that's what all I, I got I, to say. I fa- found a video of Will in his first fight. Did you see it, Charles? I did not. Oh, you go look at our chat. And okay. It's, it's, it's Will in his first fight. Okay. Uh, Phil, go ahead. Would that be considered football. a bitch slapping, uh, Christopher? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a male or a female bear? I don't know. I think it's a teddy bear, and that's usually a guy, so no, it doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I, I I I I hate these gift things. I just I can never find it. Um, just so I know, Will's the bear, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead, Phil. I'm going to go ahead in this game. So, uh, like, hey, like we talked about last week, this was going to be the game of the week, and I guess it lived up to it. Um, I watched the first half at ACH with my daughter, and unfortunately it's starting to seem like she's becoming a Stamps fan. And, uh, you know, I don't mind uh, letting your children become any, you know, you should allow them to pursue any religion and anything they want in their life. So I'm not going to stand in the way. Not right now. I'm going to watch it for a little while longer, see how much damage it does before I, I step in and, and do something about it. But I'll talk about the Bombers here for a second. Uh, Chris Trevler, uh, you know, they're, they're still doing it with smoke and mirrors. Chris Trevler threw for a whopping 134 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions in that game. And, you know, the Calgary Stampeders continue to have a pretty good defense, but uh, you're not going to win games like that. And, and, and the fact that they were even in this game is 
is sort of a mystery. I guess they, you know, they've got a good defense, but uh, it's it's not going to work for them. It's, I I didn't expect them to be competitive in this game. They were. I do expect them to win the second one in the home and home. But uh, the way Strebler limped out of McMahon Stadium, that's questionable too. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything after the game. Has anybody heard anything? How? No. We're going to talk Strebler? about that later on. We're going to talk about that yeah. later, okay. later on. Well, Levi Mitchell had another kind of pedestrian night. Actually, his best night of the season, 337 yards, 22 for 33. Three touchdowns to Reggie Bagleton. Uh, that's a pretty potent combination. Strever continues to release the ball pretty fast, but, boy, it was sweet to see him get hit finally in the second half. Unfortunately, the Bombers took a took a roughing the passer on it uh, just for a little bit of incidental con- contact from the helmet. But uh, they ended up wiping out that drive. They're snuffing it out on a, on a sack later. And, and uh, I don't think Bowley Levi Mitchell can continue to take hits like, like he took in that game. But uh, we'll see what's going to happen. That's really all I got on it. Okay, well, uh, we can't bring Charles in on that one. He's had to go potty. So uh, let's just close off this game and, and carry on. I, I, I personally didn't think Calgary was going was gonna to be challenged here. And Winnipeg put on a better game than what I thought it was going to be. But – it was still – I do not believe the outcome of this game was ever in question, period. Uh, final score was Calgary 37, Winnipeg 33. Charles uh, was out by 23. Will was out by 24. Mark lost because he picked Winnipeg. Phil, you were out by 20 points. And CJ gets a gold star being out by only 12 points. 12 points. He picked 32-26, and it was 37-33. Wow, that was close for CJ. Uh, And he gets a gold star. So now he moves up to seven. That's closer to Will. Will got shut out this weekend. CJ's closing the gap fast coming up to the end of the season. As long as Will keeps p- making stupid picks like Ottawa, CJ could catch him. Oof, coming down the stretch, I feel like the BC Lions. No, I can't say that. They lost. Okay, enough of that. Game's in the books. Let's move on and do something proper. Uh, oh, Charles, you're back. Too bad. Uh, we've closed that game off and uh, moved on because you didn't want to talk fine. about I actually, it. I was out last night and didn't see it, so that's fine. Okay. No, Will, that's a picture of you in your first fist fight, okay? I used to be the bouncer at a bar. I know how to hit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Segment five. With Matt Nichols already out, was Mike O'Shea wrong to put an obviously hobbled Chris Strebler back in the game? Yeah, fucking think so. Like, seriously? Why would you put your quarterback the only quarterback you have into a football game, this, he's injured. You're, you're going into the playoffs. You know you're making the playoffs. You, yes, you don't know what position you're going to be in yet. You, the odds of you getting first overall is out. Um, but you could end up in the crossover. You could end up in third place. You could actually end up with a home playoff game, I believe, maybe. I don't know. It, yes, it's important. 
but why would you risk your only quarterback? You don't have a backup. You do, but he's no good. Let's face facts here. You're an idiot. Michael Shea, you're an idiot. One more time. Michael Shea, you're an idiot. It's a head-scratcher. Your quarterback's hurt. Why would you put him back in the game? I no response. Charles, take it. Uh, I didn't see the game, but I did see highlights of this game. Chris Trevor was quite obviously uh, laboring. Uh, you don't have Matt Nichols. He's pretty much done for the year. If Trevor goes down, you've got uh, well, I mean. A very suspect Zach Caleros, and the other guy, the guy that came, what was the the other quarterback that came in? Um, um, what was the name of the Toby backup? McGuire. Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. Sean McGuire, or whatever his name is. But um, you're pretty much dead in the water at that point. I mean, you might be already be with Trevor, but you're definitely dead in the water at that point. He was not. Uh, Risking him at that point was simply foolish. Winning first place is not li- not worth losing your your um, your best quarterback that you have your healthiest quarterback. It's just dumb. It didn't make any sense. He should have sat. He sh- his game should have been over. I don't know what Michael Shea was thinking. I know what most of the Winnipeg fan base was thinking, and it wasn't very highly about Michael Shea after making uh, a stupid and reckless decision. Uh, I I can't explain it any other way than that. Um, and sure, Trevor went out there. He gave it his his best. Basically, he was playing on one leg at that point, but he should not have been on the field. The risk to him getting more injured was far more, um, far worse. And it, it just, to me, it just seemed pointless to have him out there. It's stupid. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. William. You know. I mean, you. You, you watch more of this than anybody. You even watch the American games. Do you ever see a team put a quarterback back in when they're this hurt? No. Yeah. Well, no. But let me let me say what I need to say. Um, you know that that Winnipeg attack works as far as the running goes, but it doesn't work when there's only two and a half minutes left in a game. You cannot run the ball all the way down the field and expect to win, okay, because it just doesn't happen that fast. Take so, up too much time. And, and, and the one series that McGuire played, man, he can chuck the ball. There's no doubt about it. He can chuck the ball. So I, I would have said put him in, but I don't necessarily know that this was Michael Shea's fault because according to some reports, um, Strebler went to the sidelines and I watched him and he was on, on the bench and all he was talking to them about is, was going back in and they tried to take his helmet away, but he would not give him his helmet. So it, it's partially Mike 
O'Shea's fault because he doesn't have control or he didn't have control of his team, okay? But it's also Strebler's fault because he wants to go in and play, okay? And I think they've given this guy too much, and somebody just should have told him that he wasn't playing. So I, I don't necessarily know if it's O'Shea's fault, to be honest with you, because you know when these players get emotional, when these players get emotional, they think they can do anything. And how many players haven't played hurt in their lifetime? Okay, but if he, if he wanted to play, he should have just shut his mouth and not limp to the sidelines. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's a hundred percent Moshe's fault. Every football player out there has to be bleeding from the eyes and they still want to go back in. Okay. Because right. that's, that's what they right. do. I mean, I dislocated my shoulder right. three times in one lacrosse game and I wanted to go back in the ref threw me out. Okay. It doesn't matter. You want to continue to play no matter how badly you are hurt. Okay. Right. It takes an, an adult to sit him down and say, you're not playing. Mike sure. O'Shea was not that adult in that game. He did not take that. control of his football team, and he did not do what was best for the players and his team. But you know what? Mike O'Shea has also always been a uh, player's coach. And for that matter, maybe he wanted Strebler to get hurt so that he has an excuse to put Claris in next game. I don't know. I'm just saying. Because uh, he keeps on saying on his uh, interviews that this is Chris Strebler's team and Zach Kolaris isn't going to play. Maybe he's not really thinking that, but maybe he doesn't want to ruin, ruin the team's mo by putting replacing Strebler with Kolaris. Because I tell you what, Winnipeg is not going to run anything by running the ball. They're not going to win a playoff game by running the ball. No. Okay? They need some passing. And and every single time last night, one of the things I noticed, every single time last night that Strebler backed up to pass, the the Stampeder D-backs were drooling, okay, openly at the mouth because they knew where the ball was going all the time. And uh, it was uh, – so he shouldn't be throwing the ball either. So, anyways – but I, I don't necessarily know if he'll play next week. It's hard to say. He shouldn't have finished the game. No, he should not have. I guess. Well, they lost regardless, so it yeah. didn't help, right? Charles, go ahead. I already went on this one. Oh, did you, Phil? Phil went too. Did he, really? Yeah. Well, we're, well uh, Calgary... Yeah. Calgary defensive backs are always drooling because uh, Hoffnagel only pays so much per position, so you end up with some droolers when when you manage a team like that. Good lord! You know what? You know what? It's 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 funny. It's very be, be funny. A man, it's very funny. No, no, I'm not going to be a bigger man. It's very funny when Paul started coming on this show. He wasn't really a Saskatchewan fan. But now he's turned into one of the worst ones I've ever met. Okay, he's always been a Riders fan. I'm no. sure. I'm sure he has a class where he teaches people how to be classless Rider fans. No, <laughs> I, I believe that school's out there. But okay, uh, moving on from Matt Nichols 
on the sidelines and Chris Strebler possibly on the sidelines. And uh, could the Winnipeg Blue Bombers be starting Zach Caleros? Be a turn of events. Wouldn't that? Because I don't think they're going to have any faith in McGuire. But Zach Caleros, wow, wow. This could be get excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Uh, we'll see what happens. Could Winnipeg actually go through with Zach Caleros and continue to win throughout the playoffs? Wow. I don't know. Does Montreal have another gear for the playoffs? Oh, that's a big question, Charles. Where did you find this from? <laughs> is there an article on this? There is. It's a very There's good question. There's supposed to be. Yeah, I, I delete all the articles when I do my agenda because otherwise oh, I can't see them because i got to make the print really big for my page because my glasses aren't that good. Uh, Montreal Gazette? Oh, my God. Yeah. That means that it must be Herb's, Herb Tarlick. Herb Zikowski. Oh, it's not Herb Tarlick? <laughs> Herb's a good writer. In what world? Canadian Football League being... I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, though. Do they have the ability to step up their game that extra notch that you need to right now because you're going into the playoffs. They're going to have to. If they they have to beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, or they have to beat the crossover team first, and then they have to beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats if they can do that. Can, and, and they can't do that the way that they've been playing football. Yeah, they're the number two team in the East, but whoopee-doo, it doesn't really take much to be the number two team in the West, in the East. So I'm going to say – I. Man, this is a tough question. Charles, can they step it up again? Do they have another gear? Well, we're going to have to wait and find out because if they're going to want to get to a Grey Cup, they need another gear because uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a very tough, very hard to football team to play against. And the road to the Grey Cup goes through Hamilton. So, um, undefeated. It's not like they've been beating plumbers all year. Though the... Um, They've been beating good teams. Uh, they've beaten Calgary. They've beaten uh, everybody. They've beaten several good teams this they've year. So everybody. It's not like they've been beat. Yeah, they've been beating everybody. So it's not just a matter of beating bad teams. So they've proved that they can play bad teams and be or good teams and be successful about it. But the playoffs are a whole different animal when you get to the playoffs. So this is where the key question comes in: Can they? turn it up. We've never seen Vernon Adams play a playoff game. In fact, a lot of those Montreal players, we've never seen a playoff game. Will they uh, rise to the occasion? Or as the other, they could go the other way and just collapse like a cheap suit under the pressure of the playoffs. So we really don't know how it's going to go because they've got, um, it could go one way or another. But I'm interested to see. I mean, maybe they have, maybe they come, have a total collapse and end up losing uh, in the first round to Edmonton. Now, I think that's a long shot myself, but, hey, you never know. So, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see how this goes, um, and uh, we'll wait and see and what's going to go on there because um, it can go one of two ways. And Kahari Jones, he's an emotional guy. You, know, you see him coach. Uh, he's a guy that gets up for the playoffs. We know this. So... Will he be able to get his uh, team to rise to the level that he is on the um, 
on the sidelines after time, that's going to be the interesting part to watch. But it's going to be fun to watch because um, when you get a bunch of players that um, that are going into the uh, playoff for the first time and they don't, uh, you know, they don't know. Sometimes when a team goes into a playoff game and they don't really know how to act in, in a playoff game, sometimes they can play their best football at that point. So, um yeah, I'll be very interested to see how um, how um, they um, proceed going forward again in the playoffs. Okay, Phil. Do you think, from what you've seen about the Montreal Alouettes, do you see them have the ability to step up their game any further to get themselves a, an actual playoff team? Because it's one thing to get into the playoffs. There's another to be actually be a playoff team. I absolutely do. Uh, this uh, this Montreal team has impressed me since before training camp. When I when I seen the depth chart going in, the projected depth chart going in, when I looked at this roster, I thought it was one of the most talented rosters in the CFL. The only question was, were they going to have a quarterback that was going to be able to deliver the ball? Well, Vernon Adams Jr. has proven to be a, a premier quarterback in this league. He's such a dual threat. And... Uh, the command of the offense he's got right now, and at home, they're starting to get some excitement in the stadium, and they've got definitely excitement on their sidelines, and a team that's really, really coming together. And, yeah, we could say that, well, they don't have a lot of playoff experience, but a lot of the free agents they acquired do. I, I think uh, Will knows that, I don't know, how many, how many uh, Calgary Stampeders are in the secondary? Um, at least three or four or five. Yep. And yep. when I say secondary, I'm talking secondary and linebackers. Yep. And and uh, these are these are the players that uh, that developed well in Calgary, uh, became all stars, and of course couldn't fit under the the drool cap, so uh, moved on. And they are making up the uh, the bulk of that that Montreal defense right now. And then you combine that with the uh, the Montreal, with the guys that have been there for years, um, John Bowman in particular, and then uh, Canadian All Star Hinak Moamba. This is this is a scary, scary defense. You know they're able to start two Canadian linebackers that do not take a step down from American ones. They got Chris Aki at, at will linebacker as well, and. Uh, my my preseason predictions turned out to be correct. I had them at second in the in the East, and uh, they've done everything I I thought they would. Whether they're going to okay. get by the Hamilton Ticats, that's that's something else. Are they going to get to the Hamilton Ticats? Absolutely, absolutely. Hamilton won't have a chance in hell going into Montreal in the Eastern Semi. What about Winnipeg? I don't think Winnipeg's going to end up in the Eastern Semi. Okay. Still possible. They're not. It's the CFL. Anything's possible right now except for Ottawa, Toronto, and BC. Okay. Uh, William. Yep. Yeah, I, I think they have another gear. I think they have enough experience. They know need they know they know they need another gear. Um, they uh, one of the things they were talking about 
last night on the broadcast was Montreal has a lot of Montreal has a lot of confidence, and I think uh, I think Harry Jones instilled that in his players, and they seem to have a lot of confidence. And let's face it, they got nothing to lose this year, man. They were supposed to be shit, and look at what they've done. And uh, I think uh, this week's game against Hamilton, it may not mean anything, but it does mean it means something, man. I guarantee you, everybody wants an edge for the playoffs. And I think that game could be a war. Or it might not be a war because they don't want to beat each other up. So, but yeah, they definitely need another gear. And they, I do believe they have another gear. So, we'll see what happens. But I don't think uh, whoever goes in the crossover, they're not getting out of Montreal. I guarantee it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that's a that's a pretty bold statement, but uh, it, I can't argue too much with it. And I think they could give Hamilton fits too. I really do. That that would be exciting. I I honestly would like to see Montreal in in the Grey Cup. I I think it just. Uh, solidifies and completely cements my concept that uh, Kahari Jones is the coach of the year. That it would just be awesome. Else, hmm? did you go on Montreal? I think yes, I started I with Phil. Did you? Okay. No, I I'm not. I thought I started with Phil. Okay. Words. We can move on from that. Where, where are we doing on time? Oh, we got way too much time. Oh, man. There's never too much time to talk football because we can do all sorts of things. Uh, should Cody Fajardo be in the MOP discussion? Well, of course he should be in the MOP discussion. We should be, have a discussion that says that Cody Fajardo is not an MOP. And that's the discussion. And it's kind of over by then. Because you know, if you look at his numbers, like seriously, look at his numbers. They're not spectacular. They're not anything outstanding. Uh, is it just, I mean, well, we've done that before with, with Saskatchewan when everybody thinks that they're, 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 their quarterback is tough shit. It's like Darian Durant, who was who never a quality quarterback in the CFL but had an outstanding team around him. Now, I think that we've got enough remnants of Chris Jones's team in Saskatchewan on the defensive side of things and that the offense is now finally stepping up, that it's looking great. It doesn't mean that your quarterback is completely and utterly outstanding. Yeah, okay, well, maybe he is good, but barely getting he's barely ahead of McLeod Bethel-Thompson in Toronto, and he missed the playoffs. So, yeah, MOP season? No. Quality quarterback? I think so. I think for his first year as a starter, he's done extremely well. But to call him a uh, MOP, I'm not. I'm not having a. I'm not having any part of that one. William. Yeah, I don't have much to say on this except for no. Who, who would you say? Who not would you call chance. as the MOP? Not a. Uh, it's so hard because the season, the, it, I don't think there's been, 
you know what? If Andrew Harris hadn't have gotten caught for what he got caught for, he would be the hands-down winner this year. Hands-down, in my mind. Okay? Because usually it's a quarterback. None of the quarterbacks have lasted the entire season. Okay? It can't be Mike Riley because he's on a losing team. It can't be Brian Brian Burnham because he's on a losing team. I'm thinking our only choice here is going to be Brandon Banks, which I don't want to happen. Okay. Well, you know, you know, look at Dane Evans. I like mean, just for a second, right? Twelve games. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's a number yeah. six six quarterback in the league right now. That guy's turning out some amazing numbers. Sure, he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is he a rookie this year? No. 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 Is he a rookie? No. Okay. No. No. That's that's too bad. Well, um, he would be the hands down favorite to win rookie of the year. Yeah, nobody would come close. No. But uh, uh, I I guess he you have to throw him into that mix. I don't know. And you know we keep on saying that. You know, they could give it to a defensive guy, but has there been a defensive guy who stood out this year? No. You might yeah, be able to Simone, make a case Simone Lawrence. Could, could you imagine Simone Lawrence getting the MOP of this year as that a defensive guy? That's yep. not going to happen. Only in the, only in the CFL. Um, but, for example, they kept on talking earlier in the year about Willie Jefferson. You know what? Willie Jefferson did nothing yesterday in Saskatchewan or in Calgary. He did no, nothing. No, he, he's a he, he he's a bust. He didn't even bat down a ball. I don't even think he had a tackle, to be honest with you. So I, I it's hard. It's really hard this year. I you want a dark horse? You want a dark horse if you come out of the West that could at least be a nominee for MOP? Reggie sure, Bagleton. Sure. Reggie Bagleton. Yeah, I I agree. I was third and pa- tell you about third and receiving yards, third and receiving touchdowns. Had a great season. I wasn't going to say with both a backup him. and a starter. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention him because I didn't want to be a homer. Um, but well, he's you had didn't. an outstanding year. Yep, he had an outstanding year. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, he's right behind Brandon Banks. There, there's just no runaway winner this year. There isn't. Okay, and I don't. I think it's because the league hasn't been as good this year. The teams are more parity. There's more parity. I don't believe that. There's just nobody that sticks out this year. Big time. And the guy who does, I think the only guy who does is Andrew Harris, and you cannot vote for him. No. No. And that's a fact. Yep. Okay. Phil. Well, you all know that hands down, I'm going to say Cody Fajardo is the only choice for most outstanding player. But Why would you say true. that, though? Because he's a no, writer fan. Just, 
assumptions. You honestly that's can't believe your, that. That's just your assumptions, and we often see that with groups that they have uh, they have ways they think about uh, in politics, and they have ways they think about rider fans, and and they will assume that I would pick Cody Fajardo as a hands down. Uh, most outstanding player in the CFL in 2019. However, I'm going to go back to uh, to the day that the the term was coined, the premier quarterback in the CFL. What I had actually said was a premier quarterback in the CFL. But well, I don't think I we. I, don't, saying, I think we we could go back and listen to that because I I, I don't I think accused, that you actually said a. When I was accused of saying the premier quarterback in the CFL. It was a couple of weeks after uh, Bo Levi Mitchell got injured and BC had such a slow start to the season. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, I'll go V. And he's, he's kind of proven to be, but he's not the consummate drop-back passer. Uh, he, he admits that himself. He, uh, he, he's not strong at reading uh, defenses downfield, particularly against zone. He's getting better. Will he get to the point where he is the premier passer in the CFL? Maybe not even. But his, the fact that he's a dual threat, because as we discussed last show, Bo Levi Mitchell has, uh, has ran twice in uh, 2019. That, that sort of takes away some of the threat of the Calgary offense. And they have to... They have to have a particular offense to work with a quarterback, even though they're paying them over $700,000 a year, they have to uh, kind of uh, tailor their team around him because they're, they're limited at things they can do because, because of, because of the talents of their quarterback where the rough riders are not limited. There's their offense is going to be allowed to grow. I think more organically and, uh, and it's going to be more multifunctional than, than most offenses in the league. Like Dane Evans, again, I don't think he's a threat to run, but he's a, he's a great drop-back passer. So as far as most outstanding player, I'm going to stand by what I said earlier tonight. It's Brian Burnham. Uh, however, if, uh, if Harris has another, Andrew Harris has another 200-yard uh, game in, in reception and running, and they win against Calgary next week, I'm going to put him back into the uh, back of the running. Yeah, you would do that, even though he got caught juicing. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Wow. I I don't think that the media personnel can actually do that. Preconceived notions. On my part. No, uh, by the media as well. Very similar to how some of the people. Uh, you know, not just this panel, but some of the football fans across the country say maybe view Ryder fan. Huh. Okay. Charles. This has been a really weird year because, like Will said, there is no runaway um, um candidate it's really one where you could it's almost um you could see a whole jumble of people at that point um but there is no runaway candidate um like i said i brought up reggie bagels name 
you got to bring up Vernon Adams' name in Montreal because he has been the reason that the with Kari Jones, he has been the main reason um, that he uh, that that team has turned it around. We saw when he went down, well, when he was suspended for that one game, why um, that they just were not the same team without Vernon Adams. Now, of course, that suspension also may hurt him in the possibility of getting a um, nominee for the uh, most outstanding player. Uh, I don't think you can give it to a player that uh, that got suspended for substance abuse. Sorry, Andrew Harris, but. Uh, I don't think he give it to him. So really, there was no runaway standout this year. So um, really, anyone could do it. I mean, I'd like to think Brian Burnham could get it, but I just don't see them giving the most outstanding player to a a player on a, a team that did not make the playoffs. I just can't see that. So this is a real toss-up for me. There are so many different people, um, uh, players who are having really good years but not standout years. But this is going to be one of those years, I think, that the MOP award is going to go to a player that's having a really good year as opposed to a standout year because there are no standouts this year. Uh, this is why I brought up the names of Reggie Bagleton and Vernon Adams. So, I mean, this is a, a real toss-up, I think, this year. And I'm not sure who's going to win it. Well said, Charles. This is uh, as competitive as I've ever seen the MOP. Yep. And maybe, okay. maybe because it is so close and there is no standout, maybe this is a year it goes to a player that doesn't make the playoffs. Probably not, but I mean, you well, can there make was a no case outstanding. There, there was no, nobody last year that really stood out as an MOP. No one. Yeah. They, they gave it to Bo Levi Mitchell because there was no one that stood out. He's just the default, Christopher? Is that what you're saying? He was the default winner last year. Okay, so maybe he'll win it again this year. He could be. He could be. He didn't enough this year. Oh, he was out no. too long. It's not going to happen this year. No, it's not going to happen this year. But in really, there was no runaway winner last year. There was no outstanding, most outstanding player. It's You know, when there isn't a most outstanding player, then the award shouldn't be given. To give it to somebody de facto is, is ridiculous. And, and Bo Levi Mitchell did not stand out last year. We really don't have a runaway standout winner this year. If you're going to eliminate people because they're juicing or eliminate people because they're uh, on a non-playoff team, if you're gonna if you're gonna put that type of things on it, then why award the award at all? What seriously? That's like saying that's like saying there was nobody who was good this year, so let's not give the award out. Pretty much. Pretty much, I'm okay with that. That makes sense to and me. And you know, in this and you know, in this day of participation awards, that'll never happen. Nope. They'll just say, hey, let's give everybody the most outstanding player award. Everyone shares it this year. <laughs> give everybody the MOP. Then everyone feels good. Yeah. Well, in this day and age, you might as well just do that. You know, everybody needs a participation award. 
Yep. It's true. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. The participant award. Okay. They should just give it to the starting quarterback who had the most starts. How does that sound? The one that didn't, yeah. Mike Riley. Mike Riley would win. That'd be Mike Riley. He yep. didn't make the playoffs, so he's disqualified from it. Actually, it'd be probably be Cody Fajardo because he's likely going to end up with 17 starts. Yeah, probably. That's true. Figures. It might figures actually be the Peanut gallery. Like two, he took off two offensive plays this year. He he's the Iron Man at quarterback in the CFL in 2019. Hey, you, you actually have to take hits to be considered the Iron Man. I think personally. Yeah, he takes hits. Yeah. He runs like Strever and takes hits in the pocket like like Riley. You, you're seriously going to stand by that? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, the more I start to think about it, I, I think he is MOP. Oh, my good Lord. Seriously? Cody okay. Fajardo. Cody Fajardo. Go, like Cody. This, Cody. Cody. If it does, there's something... Hello? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Moving on. Darius Bowman announces his retirement, and in his retirement speech, he says that he is off selling insurance and that he hopes that he can catch a few clients. Is that was that a jab on the fact that he wasn't catching the football anymore? I don't know. Oh God. Charles? Yes? Did you see, did you see the article that he did? Uh, just bits and pieces. I didn't have a chance to go through it thoroughly. But it sounds a little strange. What? But, What's um, strange? The fact about him retiring or the fact that his retirement speech was all about self-promoting his insurance company or insurance? That, that, was, that was the weird part. I've never, I mean, after playing 10 years of catching CFL passes on the gridiron, I'm now moving on to my next phase, and I'm moving into commercial insurance for Foster Park brokers. Someone will talk to me, oh, what, what, he didn't have room for a phone number? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he did, no. Call me and get a free T-shirt and a pen. It was a little bit weird. I mean, I know the guy wants to promote his business, but if you're giving a tweet about retiring, leave leave the business leave the business plug out of it. Make that a separate tweet. A little cheesy to me, if you like. But I mean, he was a great receiver. I I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Uh, he was a three-time All-Star, Tom Payne Award winner, won a Grey Cup. Uh, his best years in Edmonton, but he also played for Winnipeg and Montreal. And now he'll insure your car. 
You know, car insurance? The first thing, I thought it was commercial. Actually, no, it's commercial insurance. Sorry. You won't do nothing you know, for your car. The first thing, when I saw that, the first thing that struck Weird. me was desperation, okay? Yeah. Big desperation, so. But that's just me. You know, I, I mean, have we, started... have we heard Denver? anything about Adarius Bowman this year? Nothing. That was the first thing we've heard about him. Well, I don't think it was the first thing, but it was the first major thing, that's for sure. Yep. Adarius Bowman didn't stand out in the Edmonton Eskimos offense this year because it was a Trevor Harris run offense. Adarius Bowman has always been some of his biggest strength has been down the sideline on the 50-50 balls. And that's not did Trevor Darius Bowman. Did a Darius Bowman play this year? Oh, you I know don't what? He probably he did didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, he, he did not. But his, his first two years in the league in, in Saskatchewan and, and Winnipeg, uh, he admittedly was a very immature young man. And... Uh, and had and, and had the issues. Uh, he uh, trying to think of the word. Uh, thought of himself before anything else. But after he went to Edmonton, he he grew into a, a real solid human being, and and a and a consummate professional. He's done a lot in the community in in Edmonton and and across the country for that matter in in uh, supporting issues about autism and. Uh, the more and more I learned about him as he grew older and grew into a, uh, into a responsible human being, uh, I think he's a real gentleman. And I wish him luck in his new career, and, I, and especially if he didn't play this year. Putting that out in a tweet, I think that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, it's great these uh, Americans can come up here, have a good CFL career, and parlay that in, into a, a career afterwards because of their popularity. And... Uh, Kudos, and, and I wish him all the luck in his, in his new career. Okay. I think that's the end of a Darius Bowman's conversation. Yep. And we're only down to two minutes. Are we really? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think we can go through the 134... Rookie of the Year players here, so we're probably going to have to take this one to the next uh, next show. Mm-hmm. You good with that? Yep, that's fine. Okay, so with a minute and a half left, anything you guys want to touch base? Anything coming up that happened in the last weekend of football that needed to be discussed? Because 90 seconds is not a lot of time. Nope. No? Okay, then let's close off the show, and I'm going to go to bed. Because that's what I need to do. Uh, This has been uh, Let's Talk CFL Podcast episode number 405. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk football. A lot of football. Some exciting football, some not. I've really lost a lot of enthusiasm for this season now that the Lions have left the the building. Uh, I don't know. It's always been like that. Uh, Charles, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be uh, talking to you this Wednesday, and uh, only a couple more leaks left in the regular season. So, 
Maybe Mark might actually make an episode before the end of the year unless the Bombers just continue to lose and he's embarrassed to show up here. They can show up with a bomber bag on his head, can't he? Bill, say goodnight. Hey, goodnight, everybody. And Sharon O'Day, you've got a fine, fine, fine Fajardo. Yeah, right. Michael Shea should be fired. Uh, a lot of things happening. Well, Jeremy O'Day. Good night. Good night, everybody. I've had enough of this Saskatchewan guy this week. Go Owls. Go Owls.